Hello and welcome to the Knowledge of Nothing podcast. Each week we will share with you our thoughts and opinions about our modern mythologies. Such as film, TV, music, comics, gaming, and more. I am your host, Brian, a comic book nerd who thinks of himself as a low-level superhero. And I'm your anti-host, Tony, a movie buff with an unhealthy obsession for overanalyzing anything and everything. And when we're not fighting crime, we're podcasting. Let's get it started. Boom! Boom. And welcome to the Knowledge of Nothing podcast holiday special part due. And if you've listened to the last one, you are in for a treat. You know what to expect. Tony and I go at it on a few holiday topics. Today, we'll be talking about our top three holiday picks for music. Who's going to sit at your holiday table? Some holiday traditions. And of course, like always, we're going to have some pop quickies. We interrupt this regularly scheduled podcast to bring you breaking news. But first, before we get into anything, I have some very important news. There was a poll that went up this week, and it was about ketchup versus mustard. We posted oh my it on goodness. Facebook. We posted it on Instagram. Brian, do you know where I'm going to be going with this? <sighs> Unfortunately, yes. Yes. You want to know something, folks? Mustard wins by a landslide. A, a three landslide. to one, a three to one margin, my friend. I'm looking at the stats right now. Hashtag Team Tony all the way. Mustard rules the school. What do you have to say about that, Brian? Well, I've got a lot to say about that. One, I think the polling was a little confusing to some people. Maybe uh, no, some people didn't mustard. know how to do it. <laughs> Maybe some absentee ballots haven't come in yet. I'm waiting for the electoral votes to come through. And, of course, I'm going to contest it all. <laughs> and, uh, wow. Wow. My, okay. Come on, Catch Up Nation. You don't let me down. Please. We cannot let Team Mustard win this one. I know Catch Up is the better condiment. But, obviously, Tony, Catch Up people have other things to do rather than play with a silly poll question. They're too busy oh. using the condiment on their food to uh brian where what did your wife vote for? oh let's, my let's goodness just kind of bring it a little bit more personal what did your wife vote for breaks my heart she is team mustard all oh. the way oh. and man what a kick to the gut <laughs> wow wow that is so awesome that is so great wayne i'm gonna go to you now what did dana have to say team tony or team Brian. Well, actually, to be fair, I think Brian should read that post, don't you think? I think he deserves this opportunity. What opportunity? What? 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 Hold on. Hold on. I don't get a lot of praise from Dana, so I want to make sure that this comes off smooth. Hashtag Team Brian. Hashtag Ketchup. Ring that denominator bell, bitches. <laughs> wow, your stock just went huge. Huge <laughs> through the denominator. Yes. Man. Thank you, Dana. But that leaves one question and one question only. What does Sarah have to say? My wife, Team Mustard or Team Ketchup? I think we just need to settle this debate within ourselves. So I'm going to give her a call right now and we're going to just ask her and, and see what she has to say. Here we go, guys. This is this is live for our recording. You there? Can you hear me? Yeah. 
Okay. All right. So we just want to ask you a question. You're yeah. a tiebreaker for this question. And okay. you just give us your honest answer. This question was brought up on our Instagram and also on our Facebook. Okay. We've had we've had Brian's wife chime in. We've had Dana chime in, and now you are going to chime in. So okay. if you had to pick just one condiment, would it be mustard or would it be ketchup? Mustard. Yeah, mustard. Woo! Uh, mustard for the win. Boom. Mushroom <laughs> cloud into uh, into a big mustard cloud for you there. That's okay, dangerous. Wait, but it, hold on. In Brian's defense. Oh, no, 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 honey. You don't have to defend Brian. Tony, let her no, speak. No, no, let no. her speak. Let her speak. <laughs> well, and I don't know how Brian would feel about this, because it might not qualify if it's not shitty bottled ketchup. But if it's like homemade brown sugar and bourbon ketchup or something like that that's smoky and got some depth to it uh, i'm down for that all right i'm gonna take that as a win thank you right. no 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 that was not a win no that was not a win <laughs> i'm gonna take it I, I absolutely count that sarah thank you very okay. much <laughs> all right whatever we all know the real winner was tea mustard so but thank you so much honey you can now go back okay. to driving i love you i love you too bye. i'll talk to you later bye all right, enough of that poll question. Let's get on to the show. Just so you know, Tony, this is far from over. The battle may have been won, but the war is still going on. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, have you guys listened to our holiday sing-along? Have you guys guessed which ones are our top three? Tony, what's your number three holiday song? Mine is very dark, and it is not a traditional song. It is by Trey Parker. And Matt Stone from <laughs> South Park fame. And the song is called Dead, Dead, Dead. It is a very dark song. If you are looking for something that is cheerful and insightful and going to pep you up, this is not the song that you want to listen to. But there is a reason why it is number three for me. This is my number three favorite song because it reminds me that anything is possible in a year. So you know what? Enjoy the moment when you're in it right now. Don't wait to the next day or the next Christmas. You enjoy it now because that is what is the most important thing. You don't know if you're going to be there for Christmas next year. I hate to bring that down on a level, but it just gives me such perspective on living in the moment and being happy with what you have right now, right here. And that song, every time I hear it, it brings a smile to my face. It is very dark, but it's all done for a reason. And that is why it is my number three favorite Christmas song. Is that kind of like that ancient proverb of like the future is a gift, but the present is a present? That's kind of like why they call it the present. Dude, that's uh, yeah, it's too deep for an NBA. <laughs> that's too deep for you, but, that's too deep but right your now. song is dead, dead, dead. <laughs> yes, dead, dead, dead. It is right. on the Mr. Hanky Christmas album. Yes, by the South Park folks. It is a oh, great gosh. song, but please don't listen to it with any kids in the room. It is a very dark song, but yes, that is my number three favorite song. Adult content. Brian, what is your number three favorite? All right. It's more traditional than than yours, Tony, but it is Baby It's Cold Outside by Adina Menzel and Michael Buble. I like the duet between them. I like Michael Buble's Christmas 
album. I'm sure I'm losing a little bit of street cred with that, but <laughs> I'm Ryan, a fan. I do own it. Cred, so I know, right? Go. Yeah, there, there's me just you know wishful thinking, but um, it's a good song. It's a fun song, and I like their voices together. It's just, I enjoy it. It sets the tone for you. It does. What's your number two? My <laughs> number two is actually a remake of a, another song, but the original was done on Saturday Night Live several times by Chris Kattan, Jimmy Fallon, Tracy Morgan, and Horatio Sands. It is called I Wish It Was Christmas Today. However, my version that I love so much at number two is by Julian Casablancas from The Strokes. It is such a great, fun song to listen to. It is the opposite of the last song that I just mentioned. It is something that cheers me up every single time I hear it. It's very upbeat. It is just a fun song that you can scream and sing at the top of your lungs. And it really just gets me pumped up for the holiday season. In fact, we put our tree up. I didn't want to do it. But then I heard that song. And instantly I was like, okay, all right, let's do this. This is fun. All right, let's do it. And it pumped me up and it got me excited about the holiday season. So that is my number two song. I wish it was Christmas today by Julian Casablancas. Brian, what is number two for you? All right, Wayne, Wayne, what do you got? Hey, Brian. Yes, sir. I think you're slightly more out of the doghouse now from Dana. Oh, good. <laughs> because uh, she's a big fan of the Michael Bublé holiday. Oh it's my Christmas gosh. Song. I love it. I love it. And that's the only thing I've been listening to so far. That and there's a certain radio station in Southern California that I listen to that just plays Christmas music nonstop right now. So if they had played swinger style, like the Rat Pack style holiday music, I'm on board 24-7 because I love that Oh my that gosh. Style music. So I also play the Big Bad Voodoo Daddy's Christmas album and it is amazing. What? Really? Wow. Oh, if you like... Swing yeah, music, and if I'm... you are a fan of the Big Bad Voodoo Daddies, which my wife and I are huge fans of, they have a Christmas album that I also own that is played in the household as we're decorating. Kind of keeps everybody's energy up. Good to know, man. Wow, that Dana meter is going skyrocketing in this episode. <laughs> you are like negative, right, right. negative. I understand. One <laughs> <laughs> I get it. But you're you're halfway out now. <laughs> my number two is it's a new song for me. I'm not sure how old this song actually is, but I heard it on the radio for the first time just a few days ago, and I loved it. It is Jack Johnson's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Now, the reason why I like this is because Jack Johnson is kind of like, it's kind of like a laid-back surfer-type tone. He plays the guitar, the ukulele a lot, which I really love, but he added a verse to the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer song that I really, really liked. It hit my heart. And it's about the other reindeers making fun of him and him kind of calling them out a little bit on, hey, you made fun of me. And now you want to be my friend because kind of saved the day for Santa Claus. And I just really liked that verse just because somebody's a little different, maybe you shouldn't make fun of them because everybody has something to contribute. And it hit the heartstrings a little bit for me. And I really liked that verse. I felt like it's a good message to send during the holiday season. And I never heard it before. I never even thought of it, never even considered it. And I heard it and I was kind of surprised that nobody has done this before. 
Wow, I'm gonna have to listen to that now. Yeah, it's never really, even heard. I've never heard it, and I love Jack Johnson. So. I I heard it on the radio, and I immediately looked it up and downloaded it and added it to my playlist because it's just such such a a quick little verse, but it has a lot of heart and meaning behind it. I'm definitely gonna check that out. Yeah. So now we go on to what our number one, our number ones favorite song. Let's do it. Okay. Well, my number one is a song by a Southern California punk band called the Vandals. And the song (laughs) is Oi to the World. Oi. Now this song is amazing. There was also a cover that was done by No Doubt on a very special Christmas album, I think number three, volume three, but I prefer the original. It is one of those songs that is just happy to me. It encapsulates everything about Christmas. It tells the story of these two rivals in two different gangs that end up in a gang fight on Christmas Eve. And they end up at the end of it, these two characters becoming best friends because they are then abandoned by everybody else. And it's just them two. And they're on opposite sides. And they just go to a pub and have some beer. There you go. And it reminds me that, again, this should be a time where we all focus on being humans and co-humaning and just forgetting all of our strifes, all of our disagreements, and just let's be together and hang out together. Let's go to a pub. Let's have a beer and let's just call it a day. You're going to find that you have more in common with somebody than you don't. I'm trying to be profound there, but uh, it's not coming off as, as well. That should be everybody's mantra. We're more the same than we are different. Yeah. And, put our differences uh, aside and let's just have a beer together. Exactly. Brian, let's have a beer. Brian, what's your number one? My number one song is Carol of the Bells by the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I just love it. It's just loud and heartfelt and pounding. There's no word, just this band going at it. And very dramatic. Going at it? <laughs> the conductor's probably just, hey, just play it loud. <laughs> Let's do this. And it's awesome. If you haven't heard it before, I recommend listening to it. It's great. It's a lot of fun. It pumps me up. Well, there you go. That concludes that <laughs> segment of the podcast. Brian, thank you for ending it with such a bang. Right? I don't know. <laughs> Not a music guy. <laughs> and there you go. That is our three favorite songs of the holiday season. I hope you enjoyed it. What's yours? Let us know on Instagram. Let us know on Facebook or let us know on Twitter. Thank you so much. And now a word from our sponsor. Looking for some holiday cheer? Aren't we all? Visit the Soy Cat Candles online store and stock up on all natural 100% soy wax candles infused with essential oils animal earth and human friendly visit www.soycatcandles.com that's www.soycatcandles.com soycat candles 100% soy 100% paw some all right since it's the holidays we wanted to switch things up a little bit everybody has their own family dinner during this time everybody gathers around the table they have conversations maybe a little bit of bickering goes on but with that said we wanted to ask who would you have at your holiday dinner table somebody that is in the pop culture universe or somebody that is living or dead so during this makeshift dinner who would you sit next to you 
who would you sit across from you and who would be at the head of that table? And that's what we're going to be discussing right now. Tony, for me, sitting right next to me would be John Favreau. I feel like because of his chef show, he would help me prepare the meal. We would have a huge discussion beforehand and just somebody that I would like to know. You know, it'd be fun. Sitting right across from me would be Michael Keaton. I just feel like he would say at some point during the meal, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. And then we would just just uh, have a few drinks and get nuts. You know what I would want him to say? What's that? She touched my peppy. <laughs> and then at the head of the table, the person carving the turkey would be Chuck Norris. Somebody I've always wanted to meet my first hero. Well, okay, go into this. Uh, so well, I have I have John Favreau, Michael Keaton, and Chuck Norris. These three people are at my holiday table, and man, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Well, okay, so why why uh, why Chuck Norris? Chuck Chuck Norris was the first ever action figure type superhero that I knew growing up. Nobody could beat Chuck Norris in anything, and he was a ninja. He was a good guy. He was a fun guy. He was just uh, also a bad guy too. Really? And what what show was he a bad guy? What was the movie with uh, Bruce Lee? Oh my gosh! But anyway, yeah, anyway, anyway, Chuck Norris. I mean, I often say Superman wears Chuck Norris pajamas to bed, and uh, Chuck Norris to me is there's just no beating Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is the man. He is the ultimate action star superhero to me and so why why michael keaton then i mean michael uh, keaton is batman he is my favorite batman i've liked michael keaton every role he's ever played michael keaton he's one of my favorite actors in all time and i can't wait there's a lot of rumors saying that he's coming back as batman in some future dc films and i couldn't be more happy about that i'd love to talk to him about the batman role and I feel like he is a big part of the reason why I love the character so much and just everything that I've seen him in ever since Beetlejuice or The Founder or Birdman, just so many other things. I just love it. And then John Favreau. I love Swingers and The Chef and his directing ability, everything that he's done with the Marvel Universe. And I'm a thick guy and I like food and... I just hey, don't like, forget, don't forget the Mandalorian too. Mandalorian and Elf and John Favreau, I feel like would want to help me in the kitchen preparing this meal, and we would just have a blast doing that. Wow. And what would what would you guys have for dinner? Prime rib. Prime rib. <laughs> <laughs> just right. Horseradish or no horseradish? Horseradish. Absolutely horseradish. Okay, real yes. horseradish or real horseradish. Radish. I want something that is going to open up those sinuses and bring a tear to your eye. That's what I want. I'm there with you, man. Right? And then Michael Kidd and I are going to have some drinks afterwards, and then we're going to listen to Chuck Norris talk about some karate stories. Sounds like a crazy, crazy night. So, Brian, I don't know if you are aware of this or not, but Michael Keaton... You're a huge fan of his. Yes. I don't know if you have watched. There's a documentary on Showtime that is running right now. It is about the comedy store. And Michael Keaton plays a pretty big part in, I think it's episode two. Really? Uh, about the comedy store. He was a stand-up comedian before he was an actor. I mean, I find him funny, but I'm a big fan of his. Easily one of my top favorite actors. Did you even know that? That he was no, a uh, stand-up comedian? I had no idea. 
I had no idea until I watched this documentary myself. So do yourself a favor. It's on Showtime On Demand right now. If you are a subscriber to Showtime, yeah, please give it a shot. It is five episodes about the comedy store. It is one of the best documentaries I've seen all year. And Michael Keaton plays a really key part in that. So Brian, maybe you might even want to check that out. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for telling me. Tony, let me hear your table. So at my table, the first folks I would have or invite, I've loved this pair for, gosh, I want to say like 23 years now. It would be Matt Stone and Trey Parker. They are people that I admire. They are people that I think are fun. They would be somebody that I would just want to pick their brain about and just talk to them. And these men are so talented on so many levels. Book of Mormon, South Park, Team America, which is like one of my favorite films of all time. So good. You know what? It would just be a fun table. I think that would be the whole theme of my table. That would just be awesome to me, just to be able to hang out with these guys, pick their brains, listen to them, listen to some stories. They're just entertaining and some people that I admire a lot. To quote Team America, fuck yeah. Yes, there you go. (laughs) And then moving on to this fun theme that I'm going to be having. My second person would be somebody that's been deceased for about a year now. I mean, a hundred years. I'm sorry, about a year, a hundred years. That would be Samuel Langhorn Clemens, otherwise known as Mark Twain. Oh, this is somebody that I, uh, again, somebody you want to talk about conversationalists. You want to talk about somebody that has wit, that is smart, that has such wisdom during his entire life. Magnificent person to have a conversation with. Mark Twain is is one of those people to me. It's funny. I never took you as a Mark Twain guy. I'm a huge Mark Twain fan. Really? Uh, that is, yeah, people don't really know that about me, but... Uh, I'm learning this for the first time. Wow. And I feel like I've known you for quite some time now. I know. I know. Well, there you go. Uh, we all have our surprises every now and then. <laughs> I guess so. So then to round out the uh, fun aspect of things, another person I would have, Sasha Baron Cohen. To me... That is a fun person. That is somebody that I enjoy their take on the world. The other underlying theme about this is through laughter, you learn things. Laughter helps you see the idiocy, see the hypocrisy in things. And these folks, these three folks are masters at doing that. They're masters at showing you just how inane some things could be and just how stupid people focus on certain things and certain aspects. They bring it to light. They make you laugh about it. And from laughing about it, you then learn about it. You learn more about yourself that way as well. So that would be my three folks that uh, I guess it would be four technically, but I count Matt and Trey as, as one. That would be the table I would have for my holidays. Put your three picks in order for me. Who would you sit next to? Who would you sit across from? And who would be at the head of your table? Mark Twain would be at the head. And then to my right, Trey and Matt. And to my left, Sasha Baron Cohen. Nice. What a fun table. Yeah, I know. That's That would be the hope. What would you eat? What would be the meal? Maybe we would skip the turkey and the prime rib, all of those fixings. Let's get some pizza and some wings. Yes. Some extra hot wings. And let's just like, let's just add some beer and let's just shoot the shit. Let's just have fun. <laughs> Not and maybe even have a couple of cigars. You know, I don't even do cigars, and that would be a conversation that I would want to have. I would want to share a cigar 
with Mark Twain. How oh, cool would that be? Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there you go. Yes. I think that that would be my holiday, my dream holiday table. Wow. If you will. That was fun. Who would be your holiday picks at your holiday table? So if you get to pick anybody throughout history or current, who would be at the head of the table, sitting across from you and sitting next to you? And what would your meal be? Let's hear your thoughts. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Conmen, K-O-N-M-E-N. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Tony, do you have any holiday traditions that you and your family do? Yes, I do have some family traditions. I think everybody has some kind of traditions that they do during the holiday season. With that said, what are yours, Brian? We usually spend Christmas Eve with in-laws and we have a nice dinner together. And then after that dinner, we'll open up a present that is usually a set of pajamas for the kids and really and us yeah oh that's so they're, they're not matching pajamas but they're usually some kind of like a holiday themed type of pajama and it's nice it kind of gets the kids excited you know they'll, they'll wear them to bed and they wake up in the morning now quick question about that yeah is that the first gift that they open are the pajamas or the pajamas something that they already have because with us it's always on Christmas Eve when we're, whenever we're together for, as a family and the first gift is always the pajamas. Yeah. That's the only gift that they open on Christmas Eve. It's pajamas. So yeah, technically it'd be the first gift that they would receive. Cool. Is that the only kind of tradition that you have in your family? I mean, do you do anything leading up to, or do you have any other kind of... Yeah. You know, we do um, all kinds of stuff. We start our decorating after Thanksgiving, usually the week after Thanksgiving, but the day after Thanksgiving, my family and I, we read The Elf on the Shelf. I have two kids and each one of them have their own elf. And those elves have pets and different clothing. And it's... So uh, it's a cash cow is what it is. It's it another is, way for it you is. to spend money. And what is, the, what is the purpose of this elf on the shelf? So the elf in our household, it starts off on a shelf and then each night it will move around the house to watch the kids during the holiday watch season. The kids? Watch the kids to make sure that they are not acting up and behaving and, and staying within so the holiday spirit. In your house. Yes. Disguised yes. as an elf that is then placed on a shelf. Or in various places. It's a game. The kids get up early to see where the elf is now. It, it moves overnight. And usually they're in pretty funny places in the house or they're hanging upside down on something or they're inside cookie jars. It's like a hide and seek game. They're not allowed to touch it. It's a lot of fun. It's like a spy camera or something that you have on your kids for what, a whole month? I mean, when do you put this horrid creature up? This thing starts the day after Thanksgiving and it's last night with us is Christmas Eve. Are you so kidding me? Christmas morning, it doesn't change it, it's gone. behavior at all. No, it does not. <laughs> it what absolutely does it, Brian? It's a game. It's a it's a lot of uh, fun. I don't like it's, games where you're spying on your kids. You're already teaching them that they're being spied on, and they're going to be told if they're naughty or nice. Again, all for the purpose of selling a 
stupid doll. So they don't see it as being spied on, but they see it more of a game. They talk to it. It moves around the house when they're in bed at night. And the game is to get up in the morning and see if you can find your elf wherever it may be now the next morning. But what really has kept this tradition going is this was the first story my daughter ever wanted to read to the family. So traditionally, I would take the book and you read the story and it wakens your elf. It activates the elf. A few years back, my daughter asked if she could read the story instead of me. Oh, now I feel like a total dick. <laughs> so I sat there with... I'm so sorry that I offended you about the elf in the shelf. You did not. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, so yes, can we just earmark this? I'm sorry, the elf on the shelf is the coolest thing that- on the planet. <laughs> but you're absolutely right. I've spent a lot of money on this and I know exactly what it is. You know, it's it's a marketing thing, but it brings us joy. And we find it's fun for us, so we do it. But every year now, since then, my daughter has read her story to us. And I always think back on that was the first book she ever read to us. Oh, <laughs> talk about taking the wind out of my sails. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, mine, mine is not nearly as cool as that, but um, it's kind of lame now in, in comparison. What we do as a family is we go out every year. When I say family, it, it's my wife, it's me, our two daughters and their spouses and our adopted son. We each have our spirit animal. So each year we will go around finding ornaments that are that specific spirit animal and we add them to our tree. I have questions. Yes. Tony, one, what is your spirit oh. animal and how did you get that spirit animal? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Brian, why did you have to ask? Oh, um, so yes, my spirit animal is a gorilla. And why is that, uh, you may ask? You would think that uh, it was something very cool, like, you know, he's big, he's a protector. It has nothing to do with that. It is because if you ever look at a silverback gorilla, they are all back and they have no butt. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. I have all back and no butt. Now, Now you know a little bit too much about me. Wow. Thank you for making me admit that to the entire world. Thank you. That concludes this segment on our family traditions. What are your holiday traditions? Feel free to post on our Instagram. Yeah, we'd love to hear them. So that concludes this segment on your family traditions during the holiday. You know what that means? You know what's up next? Pop quickies. It's time for Pop Pop. Pop Quickies. All right, guys, welcome to another round of Pop Quickies. Food related question gingerbread or sugar cookie? Mm. Oh, sugar cookies all the way. All the way. Sugar cookies are just it. Vanilla, that granulated sugar on top. The way they just, when you bite into them, they're kind of soft and chewy and just. Oh, when they're done right, there's nothing better. And then you know what? You kind of up at the next level by making it a snickerdoodle, right? You just add a little bit of cinnamon. Those are the best cookies in the entire no, world. No, no. Now you're yes, changing the sugar cookie. cookies you're changing and the snickerdoodles. You stick with sugar cookies. I am sticking with sugar cookies, but I'm telling you, you add cinnamon, it turns it into a snickerdoodle. It's basically <sighs> the same thing. 
anyway, cookies are sugar cookies all the way. Sugar cookies, they're crumbly. They're just kind of boring. You've had the wrong ones, my friend. <laughs> You've had the wrong ones, my friend. Uh, maybe you so. want to talk about crumbly? Maybe gingerbread so. is crumbly. Gingerbread is so versatile. You've got gingerbread men. You got gingerbread house. Versatile? Got, what? What the hell? Yo, I'm what, what, trying to. Explain. I don't want. You know what? Hold on. The purpose <laughs> of food is putting it in my gullet to eat. No, no, it no, is no, not no. to be versatile. Everything in the holiday season can be used as a decoration, even popcorn. So. Listen to me when I say gingerbread. You can make gingerbread men or whatever shape you want. You can decorate them however you want. You've got houses. You've got gingerbread house competitions. I've never seen a sugar cookie competition because they're crumbly and boring. But you've got gingerbread. I mean, okay, what Bubba a, Gump. What a versatile, okay, Bubba Gump, uh, food item you have for the holidays. Bubba Brian, right there. Right. Bubba They've Brian. even made nursery rhymes you can put a, with you can gingerbread. Put gingerbread, yes, yep. you can put gingerbread in that. Right. right, just just listen to the gingerbread man nursery rhyme. You tell me a sugar cookie nursery rhyme. It's all right. I'll wait. You know why? Because they're in my stomach already and they don't have time to be hanging out with other <laughs> shit. Right. They're in my gullet because they, they are in my belly. The sugar they're cookie in my belly has to be because they upgraded are so good. to a snickerdoodle for it to be good. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I'll eat them either way. I'm just telling you, if you want to up it the next to the next level, you add cinnamon. That's your snickerdoodle. Uh, all right. There you go. Next sugar question. Cookie, all, the way. <laughs> all right. Next question for pop quickies. Yes. Color. Red or green? Ooh. Wow. My favorite color is green. I love green. And they say geniuses pick green. So that's just an added bonus. But green has been my favorite color for as long as I can remember. Where do they say geniuses pick green? Did I've you never not see life. Meet the Fockers? Geniuses pick green. And my favorite type wow. of green is a forest green, like a darker green. But one of my hey, that falls in line with your Bubba theory. My Bubba, Forest, oh, Forest okay. Gump. Oh my god, Bubba Gump. What a stretch. Anyway, okay, yeah, that was, I know that was a wow. stretch. Anyway, but anyway, um, when I that fall flat, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. You could cut that out. When I play hockey, I traditionally have a green helmet because I was once on a team that had green helmets, and I've just kept that helmet ever since, and I've loved it. I would have to say red. Red is just vibrant. It gets your attention. It's uh, it means danger. <laughs> and and quite frankly, my PJs are red. So there you I go. cannot wait to see those PJs. Uh, yeah, well, keep waiting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the next question: the naughty list or the nice list? Ooh, oh man! You know, as much as I want to say naughty. I think I'm just too nice. Are you? Uh, yeah, you wouldn't notice by, by this podcast. You wouldn't notice that, but yes, I think that I would be more on the nice list than the naughty. So I want to say that I'm on the nice list because I try to be really, really good in everything I do. But I don't know. I just feel like I may be on the naughty list for some unknown reason. I just don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, something that I'm. So you're just unknown. Right. On the I'm just like list. internally guilty for something. I don't know. Yeah, just I feel like. Are you Catholic? By the way? <laughs> yes, I, I'm a former Catholic. Right. So there you go. I, I get it. I just I feel it, like man. like maybe something unbeknownst to me, I've done something that's wronged somebody, <laughs> and I'm on the naughty list. How about the best 
Christmas present you received as a child? Ooh, I got. I know mine. Yeah, I got the Nintendo NES. Oh, me too. Yes, one year, and it was. Dude, didn't you get it with the robot? Yeah, uh, no, but I did. You get the power glove? <laughs> that no, never worked. That, yeah, I, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I got the Nintendo NES with Super Mario Brothers, and. That changed my childhood. It changed my childhood. I wanted that game there, that game system so bad. And I didn't think I was going to get it just because my parents gave me no clue that I was going to get it, but I got it. And I'm one of those kids that you see on YouTube that screamed when I finally opened that up and saw it there. And I couldn't wait to hook it up and start playing, but that changed my childhood. Tony, what about you? You sound like you had experience. Yeah. Mine was an NES as well. And it was the first round of the NES that came out Mm -hmm. and it had Rob the robot. That was the absolute worst useless (laughs) thing that you could ever imagine. I remember trying to get this this spin on his little hands. I don't even know why they even made it. It was the stupidest thing in the world, but you know what? That console was just magic. I loved putting that cartridge in there. And you know what my favorite thing about that was? Every time the game would act up, what would be the first thing that you'd do? You'd pop it out. <laughs> you'd blow it. And it would work. Oh, man, it was just magic. I, I'm kind of tearing up thinking about it. And we had to share amongst four boys. We were constantly on that thing. Again, it was one of those things that was the fundamental change in our childhood where we realized that video games were these incredible magical things that I still play them to this day because of that gift. I love that NES. Aside from Rob, worthless piece of shit. Not to change the subject, but did you notice that everybody knew their system so well that everybody had a certain technique on how they're going to get their game systems to work? Everybody's game system stopped working at a certain point where that flashing light would come or the game just wouldn't turn on and it was either three blows. And then you would put like a, right, right. Yeah. You would either blow it. And then when that didn't work, but like you knew your system so well. So for me, it was the, it had to be hot air, right? Hot air blowing into that thing. And then you had to push it in slowly. And then once the cartridge was in, you have to push it down and almost hold it down for a second. That's how my system would work. But I noticed that my best friend who just lived down the street, who had the same system, would do three times really fast and just jam that cartridge in. And it would work for his machine. Everybody had like almost a secret handshake with their NES. And it was so weird, but it was just accepted. You know, like, you know your machine, I accept that. And then it would get to the point where sometimes mine was like, it would get so loose that you would have to put like a matchbox yes. or a pack of matches to kind of keep the cartridge in place. Oh my God. Absolutely. Yes. Wow. Everybody had their own yes. method and it's so bizarre, but it's so fun. Wow. You know what my parents did with our NES? My dad on the weekends would do masonry work. He put the NES in this huge box that was so big and he weighted it down with bricks. (laughs) So we had this huge box with bricks. So we could not figure out what it was. 
And I'll never forget, we just all flipped a noodle because we were all so excited, four boys jumping up and down, being so excited that we had this NES. And that was a magical moment. Right. Magical Christmas moment for me. I still remember it to this day. It's it's amazing. I remember mine coming with Duck Hunt and I got the two game dual pack and with that orange gun. You know, it's just it was just so much fun. I don't remember doing anything else that whole entire year but playing the uh, Nintendo NES. So what was your secret technique? Why don't you let us know on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter? <laughs> the knowledge of nothing. We are. We really struck a nerve oh, right here. Man. So that was a great question. Just Thank uh, you. a part of the childhood that I don't think anybody will ever forget. All right, going back to most of our childhoods, regards to Christmas specials, the Charlie Brown Christmas, which was debuted back in 1965, or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer back in 1964. Oh, uh, oh, dude, you're gonna kill me with this. This is one. such a toss-up because I'm a fan of both. If I had to choose, it's gonna be the Charlie Brown. I love that special. I mean, my family sends holiday alerts, text messages to everybody in our family throughout the season, especially when things like this come on TV. But if I have to pick one or the other, it would be the Charlie Brown Christmas special. I mean, it's just such a heartfelt message behind it. And I love it. Tony. Oh my God. This is like my Sophie's choice. (laughs) I, I don't know, man. I love them so equal, equally. And you know what's funny is, weren't they like one time when we we're growing up? Weren't they on the same night? Yeah, and like back. You to have back? to add Frosty the Snowman, or it was usually like Ro- it wasn't like Rudolph and Frosty. Yes, Rudolph night. usually, Rudolph, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I I always incorporate the three. Oh, oh, you know what? Oh man, I have to go with um, I have to go with Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I it's just a genuine, emotional, and it really brings things into light about the season. Right. Overlooking people's flaws, yes, and uh, seeing the inner beauty, and and that was. The I whole, think that's it's just it's magical. What's most touching for me as well is just there are some hardships during the season, and you know you may not get what you want, but you know you get this crummy tree, but then you end up finding out that. That's maybe what you need. There's just so many layers to a cartoon, which is kind of unexpected. Back in the day, they must have thought the kids are smarter than they were. <laughs> but it wasn't until I was an adult that I, I started realizing the inner meaning behind all these cartoons. <laughs> but uh, that was lost on me as a child. I like those answers, guys. Well done. So let's fast forward a few decades. Let's go with Nightmare Before Christmas or How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, dude, this is a no-brainer. Nightmare Before Christmas all the way. Ooh. Nightmare Before the Christmas all the way. <laughs> oh. oh, what, Brian? Really? Yes. You're going to go with Grinch? Absolutely. No, no way, man. How There's the Grinch no stole Christmas no. and how those little Whoville village people still wanted to celebrate even though there wasn't gifts to pass around. Dude, it was done. It was done in the 50s or 60s. And it it was an animated movie. There, there was no need for it to be a movie. There was no need. There was Listen, no need for it. The Grinch stole material items, but what he didn't realize was that the Christmas spirit 
It's all about... And guess what? 30 years earlier, it was already done, and it was the same story. There was no need for it. Nightmare Before Christmas was original. It blended Halloween. It blended Christmas. It was something that was different. And I remember when it first came out, I was one of the few people that saw it in the theaters because it was a dud when it came out. I loved it. It then grew into something else entirely over the course of time. But there was no need for the Grinch. That Ron Howard film, it was there was what no need for it. What do you mean there's man. no need for it? It is a story on It was done in an animated form 30 right, years but prior. But the story is the same. I mean, so Exactly. And there's no reason that it needed to be made but into look a live at the action point film. of the story. I'm not debating you on the story, Brian. It's the same story that was told 30 years prior. The message behind it. It resonates with me more than The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, it does to me 30 years ago or 30 years prior to that. Okay, thank you. (laughs) All right, guys. Fruitcake, yay or nay? Uh, Nay. (laughs) No, no. I use it as a doorstop. Please, next question. Nay. I mean, uh, I understand it's a holiday thing, but not all holiday things are a hit. (laughs) Yeah, namely The Grinch. Oh, goodness. Pop music question. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You or no 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 whatever the other one is no no (laughs) let's hear it Wade ask your question or Wham's Last Christmas Last Christmas all the way Last Christmas (laughs) I gave you my heart the very next day you gave it away away. (laughs) this year to save me from tears I'll give it to someone special that's right Preach. I have spoken. Move on. <laughs> uh, great segue. Last question. Star Wars related. The Star Wars holiday special 1978. Watch it or skip it? Skip it. <laughs> Just. Do you have Star to watch Wars it. on you ice? Have Come to watch on. It. It's just. You have to watch the Star Wars special. You have to. Why? It is such a train wreck. Yes. It is such it is such an abomination. I'd rather watch The Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> but you know what? There is one highlight in there. Boba Fett does show up. No way. Up you it. also meet Chewbacca's family. Oh, my God. And those are some freaky, <laughs> freaking people, man. Those are some freaky, freaky Wookiees there. Freaky I mean, Wookiees. That dad for, he is a freaky right. Wookiee. And then that what's the one with the lipstick. I think it was his sister. Like or his, or I, don't, I don't even yeah. know. It's just atrocious. But you know what? B. Arthur's in it as well. So there you go. <laughs> you have to watch it. It is so atrocious and so bad that it is a must I agree. Watch. You should see it at least once. But don't waste your time with it on twice. Thanks, guys. This wraps up this round of Pop Quickies. And what a way to go out for our holiday edition of Pop Quickies. Boy, I think we couldn't have ended it more perfectly. With that said, join us next week for episode eight. We're going to be discussing Mandalorian's chapter 14, the tragedy. Yes, the tragedy we will finally be talking about. And also chapter 15, The Believer. We know that 2020 has been such a crappy year for a lot of people, but you know what? We wanted to find some of those key moments or those key discoveries of 2020 that helped us keep our sanity during this time. So we'll be discussing that as well. And we'll finally wrap it up with pop quickies. So until next time, Brian, you have anything that you want to say? Yes. I'd just like to thank everybody for listening to the show. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas. 
And one more thing, please let your friends know. Our numbers keep going through the roof. I think the word of mouth is getting out there. So please just tell everybody about this podcast. It is a bunch of nonsense. It is fun. It is a lot of work. And we couldn't do it without you. So please spread that word. Let everybody know about the podcast. Thank you. And we'll see you next week.